Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Influencers, and that is the subject matter of today in our study, First Fruit. So, so all of these folks that you've seen on the screen and so many more out there uh, have picked up the title of influencer today. That's kind of a, a word that has popped over the last several years uh, you got your Post Malones, Kardashians, your little Kim, little John, little Bo Peep, you know, on and on and on. There, so many of them that, that fit into this category. You've got bloggers and cloggers and even joggers that would be called in some circles today influencers in different types of ways. So today what we want to do, and we welcome you again to Connections Church, what we want to do is remind us that are the people of God that we are called to be influential for God's glory. How many of you believe that with all your heart? How many of you believe that God has put his mark on us? He has put his spirit in us. He has put his life in us. Not to be wasted, not to be to be held on to just for our purpose only, although it is amazing what God does in and through us, but also that we would stand out for the glory of God and that we would begin to influence the world around us. So that's what we're talking about this morning. If you would, just grab your handout that you were given as you walk through the doors. Hopefully, if not, you can grab one or share with your neighbor. There's a place to take some notes on one side, so please do that today. And I want to give you this statement as we jump into this very quickly that we're going to look at uh, several times today. And I pray that this really sinks into your heart, that you will embrace the reality of this truth, that you, you have no idea. And here it is. You have no idea how one conversation, how one word of encouragement, how one expression of love might change someone's life for eternity. You have no idea how God might use one word, one moment, one generous expression in the life of another people to love and move them towards the grace and salvation of Jesus Christ. No idea whatsoever. You have no idea that even that little small thing that you think nobody sees, nobody notices, how God can take that one thing and impact somebody's life to the point that something inside of them rises up and says, I don't know what they've got, but whatever it is, I've got to get it in my life. One thing. Hold, hold, hold just one finger up. Look at that very closely. One thing that you and I can do, can be, can say, can express Sadly, I believe the culture has somewhat hijacked the term influencer. And I'm going to tell you what I mean by this. If you do some research, if you were to go online and, and kind of figure out what that word means, you'll, you'll get a bunch of different articles written by a bunch of different people saying what they believe influencers are. If you type in that word or that question, what is an influencer, one of the very first definitions that comes up online is this. Here's what an influencer is. An influencer is an individual who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of their authority, their knowledge, their relationship with their audience. And that's what they deem an influencer, somebody that can basically get dollars out of your wallet into whatever it is they want to get you to buy. How many of you know that's such a terrible, terrible definition of influence? How many you know that's, that's just weak as water? It's just, it's, it's awful. Because that's not what an influencer should be. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sad to see that because when I was growing up, an influencer was often a teacher, right? Someone who impacted the lives of our children as they were growing up. But, but you know, our, our world has kind of taken the power out of their hands to do much of anything. They're almost helpless in the classroom these days. 
I remember in first grade, I got my very first paddling, right? I mean, it didn't take me long. I didn't go to kindergarten. So, man, right off the bat, within a couple weeks, I'm getting my rear end worn out. And I deserved it, too, because I locked myself in the bathroom and said, I'm done with school, don't like this stuff, I'm just going to stay in here until the bell rings, and then I'm going to go home and play. That's what I really want to do. Nowadays, man, people will be taking the, the teacher to court for something like that. Don't touch my baby. How dare you? When I was growing up, teachers were influenced. Coaches were good influencers, and they, they made an impact on our lives. A, a good parent was definitely a good influencer, a, a good friend also. And Sunday school teachers, man, how about that? They influenced and impacted our lives. Or what about a youth pastor? Thank God for youth ministers who come and give their lives and their love to our teenagers. Today, unfortunately, as I mentioned, culture has hijacked that term. Many people would say, well, an influencer is a celebrity, a, a content creator, as the catchphrase is today, someone who's amassed a great number of followers on social media. In fact, you would probably want to give up looking for an article online that talked about an influencer as anything beyond social media because, honestly, it would be really hard to find something other than that right now. So what we want to do today is, is want to reclaim the word influencer. And, and I want us to, to see for ourselves that, that we are called to be just that for the kingdom of God. Because, again, you have no idea how our great God could use one word of encouragement from you to give to someone else one moment or one expression of faith to change someone else's life for all of eternity. For those of you that are disciples of Jesus Christ, and I know not everybody is in this room, outside of this room, watching us right now. Maybe you haven't got to that point in your, your, your spiritual journey yet, but no matter where you are, on that said journey, you're absolutely welcome here. But for those of us that are Christ followers right now, that means you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, you've given him your life, you've surrendered all, then here's what I want to say. I want to show you exactly what Jesus says that we are. Beginning with the first thing on your outline there, it simply says this, we are not only being influenced, but we are called to be influencers. Very simple. And Jesus uses two metaphors in Matthew's gospel, chapter 5. He says, first of all, you are the salt of the earth. You ever heard that before? You're the salt of the earth. So what does salt do? It, it purifies, right? Salt preserves also, and, and it adds flavor. And what else does salt do? It creates thirst. How many of you love potato chips? Let me see your hands. How many of you love sitting down with a good bag of potato chips? Man, all that good salt and crunch and, and that little bit of grease they're fried in. You know, not much, just enough to make them really taste good. And whenever you eat some of those, you have to have something to drink, right? What about pretzels? What about peanuts that, that, are, that are just basking in salt? Man, I love good peanuts. How many of you love to go to Logan's and, and raid the barrel? How many of you stuff some in your pocket when you're heading out like, i got to have some for later? But they have these little carryout bags now that they'll give you. It's really awesome. But anytime you eat something salty, it makes you thirsty, and you want something to drink to quench that thirst. And it's exactly what Jesus is saying here using this metaphor of you're the salt of the earth. He's saying that when you rub shoulders with the people that you come in contact with in your circle of influence then what you are to do as a follower of me, as a disciple of Christ, you are to make them thirsty for what you have in your life. Then he goes on and says, you are the light of the world. You don't light a candle and hide it under a basket. 
Know that a city that's, that's lit up is, is on a hillside, shining bright for all to see. So I want you to do something right now. Turn to the person on your right and say, you are the salt of the earth. Now turn to the person on your left and say, you are the light of the world. And just tell them this, go light it up. Turn back to the right and say, go make people thirsty. Turn to both of them real quick and say, do your job. It's not that hard. And that's exactly what Jesus is conveying to them and to us here, here 2020, that we are salt, we are light, we're to shine bright. We're to create a thirst in people. We're to push back the darkness and preserve this, this world from getting overrun by evil by standing in the gap for righteousness' sake, right? Salt and light. I believe it's time we reclaim the true meaning of what it is to be an influencer. And I'm not against influencers and culture. Believe me. I want to be one in every way that I can for the glory of our great God. And I hope that every one of us in this room would desire to do the same thing. But you see, the problem with our current view of influence is that it typically starts with, with the word platform. Have you heard that word buzzing around here the last couple of years? Platform. What's the size of your platform? It determines the, the scope of your influence. But I believe, truthfully, it starts with something different. I believe that true and lasting influence always and will always forevermore start with people before platform. Would you write that down on your notes? It always starts with people because that's what really matters. It's people. You and I, everyone that we, we lock eyes with, they matter to God more than anything else in this world. And the good news is that all of you have people in your world. Your work sphere, your neighborhood, the groups you belong to, the teams you're a part of. All of you have these circles that you do life in. That you have an opportunity every single day to be salt and be light to those particular people in your life. Listen, as much as Pastor Scott, Terry, Joseph, and I would love to just come and hang out with you guys every single day. We just love to come to your job and just kick back and watch you do your thing and hang out with the people that you work with and be able to interact with them. We can't. They'll run us off. They'll look at us and say, you're not employed here. You don't need to be here bothering everybody. As much as we'd love to kick back in your neighborhood meetings and hang out with those folks and get to know your neighbors and stuff, we can't always do that. Time is a factor. As much as we would like to go and, and be a part of the, the groups that you belong to and, and the people that you do life with, we just can't always be there. Sometimes we can make it, but it, it's rare. And the reason why is because we have lives, we have families, we have kids, we have circles, we have our stuff. But the beautiful thing is, is Jesus never one time qualified that statement by saying, if you're a pastor, if you're a minister of the gospel, then you go be salt, you go be light. No! That statement... Is to every single person who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for us to stand up and be counted, for us to stand up and be an influencer, for us to show the love of Christ in and through our lives. I'm going to tell you, the Apostle Paul, he caught a hold of this. He knew this. And that's why he gave the invitation to those that were around him to come and follow me as I follow Christ Jesus. That's a bold statement, right? How many of you would feel like you were at a place in your life, in your walk with God, that you could say to anybody around you, hey, you, 
You, you come and follow me. I'm following Christ. If you follow me, guess what? We're both on the right road. Amen? We're both going to go the right direction. We're both going to be led right. We're both going to get home one day when it's our Whatever the case may be, you come and follow me because I'm following him. And that's what leadership's all about. Knowing Jesus, loving Jesus, inviting others to come and know him and love him too with you. Come on, get on this journey with me. I love that Paul had the confidence enough to make that statement. And what he's talking about is loving and living like Jesus in front of our world so that we may influence others to live like Jesus also. And Paul, get this, is still influencing people today some 2,000 years after his death and his graduation to heaven. The reason why is because that man wrote three-fourths of the New Testament that's found in your Bible and my Bible. So when he writes these words, they're handed down to us so that we can read them and say, Hey, guess what? Paul, you were an influencer. I want to be an influencer. I want to stand up in my circle and tell people, come and follow me as I follow Christ. Come and join me in this journey. Come and be salt and be light. And let's push back the darkness in this world that we exist in. Let's turn the tide. Because i, I got to be honest with you. I'm old enough to remember that, that 90% of the stuff that's on TV right now, and I use stuff lightly, because I'd like to use a stronger word right here, but I better not. You would have never seen on TV 30 years ago. All the junk you hear on the radio right now, you'd have never heard it 25 years ago. The stuff that's going on in our classrooms right now with our children in our public schools, man, it would have never been happening 20 years ago. I'm telling you, church, it's time that the church of Jesus Christ, the people that are just madly in love with Him and know what our calling is in life, is to represent Him represent Him with everything that we have and with the help of the Holy Spirit and invite other people to come and join the way of righteous and righteous living before God. Being salt. Being light. Hey, you know, what I love about Jesus is He would throw out these invitations and these challenges and these calls. But then here's what He would do. Look at me, church. He would model it in front of us. Don't you love that do as I do and not do as I say kind of stuff? I just love that. I love somebody that's going to say, here's what we do, and here's how we do it. You watch me. I'm going to do it. There's an account of Jesus when he was on his ministry tour here living on this earth in John chapter 4 where he encountered this woman who was from Samaria who had a bad reputation. She had been married multiple times, and the guy that she was living with at the moment, they weren't even married. Her reputation was so bad that she would go draw water from the well late in the afternoon after everybody had been there because she was too embarrassed and, and ashamed to go because she knew that the townspeople, the women of the, the town, would ridicule her and mock her and laugh at her and make fun of her and scorn her and shame her, as we talked about the other week. So she would go when the crowds weren't there. Jesus happened to be there this one afternoon, began to strike up a conversation with her. He wasn't heaping con condemnation on her. He wasn't shaming her. He wasn't looking down at her. Look at me, church. He was looking eye to eye with her from a heart that loved her deeply. And he began to talk with her, and he knew the shame. He knew the pain. He knew the stuff she was going through. And here's what he did, guys. Look at me. He just loved her. 
He just loved her. And it was something that was so influential about Jesus to her that she was drawn to him. And before you know it, she was surrendering her life to Jesus. She understood who he was, the the Son of God, the Messiah come in the flesh, Christ here dwelling among us. She understood that. Everything was opened up to her, and she gave herself to him completely and, 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 and turned her life over to Christ. And then the Bible says she'd done something incredible. This non-Bible, college-educated, non-pastor, evangelist, non-formally trained, newly converted outcast of a woman went and led many to Christ by her influence in that, that particular town. The place that she was hiding in shame at, all of a sudden because of Jesus' influence in her life and the change and transformation that came from inside out, she was running from house to house all through the streets of the town saying, come and meet a man who changed my life. Come and meet the Messiah. Jesus is here and you need him as much as I do. Does it not just blow your mind how quickly divine change can take place? And how all of a sudden, because Jesus shows up and you understand who he is, and you just grab a hold of everything that he offers, your life is drastically, dramatically, unbelievably different from one day to the next, from one hour to the next, from one minute to the next. To the point that you're no longer hiding out in shame. To the point that you're no longer feeling unworthy. You're no longer wanting to just get out of town and and, and go far away. But all of a sudden, Christ in you, the hope of glory, has exploded to life. And you know what your purpose is. And no longer are you living under the curse of sin. But you've been set free by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And all you want to do is just run out and tell everybody you can. Influencer. That's what happened. Listen, you don't have to know it all. Here's the beauty of it. You just let your light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. You got to know this song, right? Those of you that grew up in Sunday school, don't leave me hanging. You don't want me doing no solo. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Man, that's all we have to do. You don't have to get up here and do what I'm doing right now. Some of you are going, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Be salt. Be light. When he finished his story, he goes back to the disciples. And man, the Bible says they're hungry. How many of you can relate? How many of you are starting to feel the rumble right now? Pastor, if you don't hurry, we ain't going to beat them Baptists out to to the golden corral. Get that chocolate wonderfall, man. Just want to dive in and just immerse myself in chocolate. Listen, they keep that thing pumping all day. I'm not going there, but you're welcome to, you know. They were hungry, so they come to Jesus and they're like, hey, have you had anything to eat? Old buddy, old pal. And I love it. He gets real spiritual on him. He said, my food is to do the will of my father who sent me. Oh, 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 whoa, Okay. Okay? I love that statement. He said to him after that, listen. And he uses a farming metaphor here. He said, the harvest is always ripe. He said, the harvest is ripe now. 
You see, they're over here thinking about food, thinking about Golden Corral, thinking about Chick-fil-A, maybe eating some Jesus chicken or whatever the case may be, or definitely some Krispy Kreme donuts after the fact because, you know, that always follows up anything really well. They're over here thinking about eating and filling their bellies, and Jesus is saying, look, opportunities abound to be an influencer. There's people everywhere that need me, need my love. Not that you can't eat sometimes because, you know what, we got to eat, right? But we can't let food be the priority. We can't let life be the priority. We can't let our hobbies be the priority. We can't even let family be the priority. He's got to be the priority. And what we've got to understand is that God has put us here for such a time as this to influence the world around us, to be salt and to be light to our generation. He's saying that the fields are always ripe and ready for harvest, but your Bible says the laborers are few. How about if we just interjected there the influencers? Are few. Those of us that catch the vision for the harvest. And really look at me, church. The harvest is the heart of God. The people he loves and created and sent Jesus to reconcile with him through relationship. The harvest is always ripe and ready. Church, it's time we give the first fruits of our actions, our attitudes, our words, basically every part of our lives to glorify God before others and cause them, compel them to want to come and follow Jesus Christ. But as you probably already know, the big challenge is that the world tries everything it can to shape us into its mold, to influence us to be like it is. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and in the message, I love the way that it reads here. It says, with eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship to give your bodies as living sacrifices consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Now this, in verse 2, goes on to tell us this. Don't, don't miss this. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Would you write that on your, your paper somewhere? Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Because that's exactly what's happening every single day. The world we live in is always pressuring, trying to squeeze and push, move us into its way of thinking, into its way of living, into its way of doing. It's a constant battle. And that's why all throughout the Word of God, it tells us to be vigilant, be alert, be ready, be prepared, be on guard, be watchful. Words after words after words cautioning us to be aware of what is happening on a minute-by-minute basis because we are always being pressed to go along with the world, to conform to its ways. It goes on to say, but let God remold your minds from within so that you may prove in practice That the plan of God for you is good. It meets all of his demands and it moves toward the goal of true maturity. What a powerful caution in God's word. Be careful. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Let Christ mold you more into his image each and every passing day. God's plan and desire is for us to be influenced, to be shaped, to be transformed by his power, by his Holy Spirit, so that we can influence others for Jesus Christ. How many of you remember a little Bible story from Sunday school about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew boys who, when King Nebuchadnezzar made this golden image and wanted everybody to bow down and worship it at the sound of the music when the band 
cranked up and got to playing and everybody was supposed to hit their faces and, and worship this, this image of, of this king. And these three Hebrew boys knew that was wrong. One of the top ten is thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? <laughs> top ten. Everybody hold them both up. Top ten. Those are really important. And so when the music cranked up, there was this multitude of people gathered around this golden image, this statue, and everybody, all of a sudden, when that first note hit, everybody's on the ground except three guys. Three young boys who are just standing boldly. I'm, I'm sure they're standing there with their arms crossed like, yep, you're seeing it right. We ain't bowing. I, I think they're from South Jerusalem. I don't know. I think that you might have had to. So this wins them a great prize. They get an all-expenses-paid trip to the, to the fiery furnace that's turned up seven times hotter. Isn't that wonderful? Because they would not be squeezed into the mold of this world. When everybody else is bowing down to the gods of this world, three young men made their stand. And I'm going to tell you something. You're going to have an opportunity this week to make your stand. You're going to have the pressure coming at you from all sides to compromise, whether it be in your classroom, in the hallways of your school, whether it's in your office place or your workplace or in your neighborhood or hanging out with whomever. You're going to get an opportunity to stand or bow. And you think I'm playing around? I am not. I am serious as I'm standing here. I hope these words just echo in your heart. Don't let this world squeeze you into its mold. Because I'm going to tell you, nothing this world has to offer is worth compromising your faith in Christ. Is worth diminishing your testimony before God. You see, the problem with taking, taking these kind of things when they come, the easy path of conformity is that it establishes a close relationship between the one who conforms and the world. And James calls it being friends with the world. You adulterers and you adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship of this world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is an enemy of God, James chapter 4, verse 4. And John the apostle calls it loving this world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in this world. If any person loves the world, then the love of the Father is not in them. For all that is, is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of this world, First John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. Jesus said it like this. You can't serve two masters. Not possible. So, be careful that you don't compromise, that you don't allow this world to squeeze you into its mold. Just say it with me like this. Fight the squeeze. Amen? Fight the squeeze. Years ago, it was fight the power. It's fight the squeeze. Don't, don't let it happen. That's why it's number three on your outline tells us be extremely careful because it's so easy to let dangerous influencers come in. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8, we're warned to stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone he may devour. Look up from your notes now. Just look at me for a minute. Affairs start with small things. David was out on the rooftop of the palace when he was supposed to be leading his men into battle as the king. 
And while he was out there on the rooftop of his palace, he just happened to see his neighbor, Bathsheba. With little thing. Just, just a sight. Let me tell you this morning, addiction starts with one bad decision. One pill, one drink, one toke, one look. And who's to say you're not hooked in this trap that you feel like there's no way to get out of that controls your life? It's called addiction. Compromise starts with one little slip. A little lie won't hurt anybody. Oh, a little flirting's okay. Ah, work won't miss a few dollars. They make millions. One little slip. And church backsliding starts with one step. The wrong direction. Listening to the wrong voices. Don't be led astray by any contrary voice that would try to entice you to walk away from Jesus Christ, your sure salvation. And they're out there, folks. Believe you me. Competing voices all around us. We're warned over and over and over again. Beware of false teachers. Beware of false prophets. Beware of false preachers. Beware of those who come looking like they're sheep. But inside, they're ravenous wolves. And they have a plot and they have a plan and that is to destroy you. One step in the wrong direction is all it takes to start down the wrong road. We've got to be on guard. I, I say this to, to sober us up. We get in this happy Christian mode sometime. Oh man, life is joyful, wonderful, it's so good. Oh, praise God. Hey brother, thank, thank Jesus. Man, everything's good. But I'm going to tell you something. There's an enemy of our soul that wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything of God in us. Tell you, just like my parents used to tell me when I was a kid, I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to step on your toes. I love you enough to hurt your feelings. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm thankful every day that my parents love me enough to tell me those things, teach me those things. Two people as we finish this time in our service, that influenced my life in the greatest way possible. One of them was my mother, Brenda Carol Thompson. God bless her, she only was given 44 years on this earth. She's been home since 1988, and I miss her every single day. But that amazing lady did everything she could to raise me and my younger sister in church, to have us there every time the doors were open, as they used to say, and not only to just take us to church, but she lived it in front of us day in and day out. But that, that precious lady, she was a hairdresser, and she worked from Wednesday to Saturday, and she worked all day long and into the evenings. But I'm telling you something. On Sundays, we were in church, and on Mondays and Tuesdays, my mama was in her room crying out to God on our behalf and the behalf of thousands of other people that she impacted their lives. She prayed for hours on end for people. On Monday and Tuesday, she just locked herself in her bedroom while we was at school, and she prayed and sought God. And I'm just going to tell you, my daddy and my sister and me, we were at the top of the list. That woman is a big reason why I serve Jesus Christ with my whole heart. That second person I wanted to share with you this morning, and I just felt this before we started our service, his name was Kenny Price. 1983, I was at Hunter Huss High School. How about it, Huskies? Come on. 
We survived the prison camp called Hus, as I like to say. I was hitting that stretch about 15, 16 years old. You know what I'm saying? And much as my mama loved and tried, I was starting to get out and get into some things that I didn't need to be getting into. And all of a sudden at our church, first Assembly of God in Gastonia, God brought a, a new youth pastor to town. We didn't run a couple of them off. <laughs> this guy comes in, his name's Kenny Price. How many of you remember the old Hee Haw show? It used to come on Saturday nights. Yeehaw, get down, you know, that kind of country feel to it. Well, his dad was a regular on Hee Haw. He was one of the, the guys in the, in the quartet, Kenny Price, a big old fella about 6'5", had this big baritone bass voice. And Kenny grew up in that lifestyle. He played drums for his dad's band. When he got old enough, he traveled the roads with him. He, he got in trouble. He started drinking, started partying, and, and all of a sudden, God got a hold of his life, and he went off to Bible College of Christ for the Nations in Dallas, Texas, and God called him to ministry, and all of a sudden, he ends up in Gastonia. From, he was from Kentucky. But God brought him to Gastonia, and he comes in, man, and he gets in our face. He's like, man, God's going to do some radical things in this church and in this youth group. We looked at him like, you don't know the half of it, pal. We done run some off. We're going to run you off, too. I'll never forget. He come to me after youth group on a Wednesday night. First couple weeks he was there, he's like, hey, where are you in school at? I said, I go to Huss. You don't want to come there. Yep. I'm coming to eat lunch with you tomorrow. I was like, I, I wouldn't advise that, bro. You know, tell them what they'll do to you. I mean, look at you. You're from Kentucky. You don't know what's what. Any Kentuckians in here? Sorry, my fault. I'm thinking all night long, if he comes tomorrow, I'm running. I'm hiding. He, you know, and I told him, I said, man, you come. I'm not showing up in the lunchroom. He gets in my grill again. He says, I'm going to find you wherever you are. If I have to go up and down every hall and every classroom, I'm going to find your tail, and I'm going to eat lunch with you. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> Challenge on, big guy. That man showed up the next day, and he hunted me and my friend Jimmy down. And he found us with about five minutes left in lunch period. And he said, sit down. We're going to eat. And we're going to hang out. I was like, bro, time's almost up. He said, sit down. I said, yes, sir. It wasn't two months till we had a youth retreat. Went off to a camp, spent two or three days on the weekend. Came back into the closing service that Sunday night, August 3rd, 1983, at the church. And I remember that, that service. I had, I had ran from God that whole weekend. The reason I went to the retreat was to chase girls, not God. And finally, that night, God got a hold of my heart. Something, before they even give, give an invitation to come down to the altar and surrender your life to Christ, I get up and I run down that aisle and I just fall at the altar and I'm just weeping. And I'm crying and Kenny's down there praying over me and praying with me and leading me back home. The prodigal come home. And I tell you that this morning to tell you this. Don't you love when somebody says that? I tell you that to tell you this. I thank God for my mama. And I thank God for Kenny Price that never gave up on me and influenced me to know, to love, to passionately pursue Jesus Christ, to answer the call of ministry on my life. Guess where I went to Bible college? 
Christ for the nations. Because Kenny went there. Isn't it amazing how we can influence somebody so dramatically? The guy I was running from and telling him to his face, man, you're not going to do this. with me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not playing that. I remember when summer would come. I was at the church every day just hanging, Kenny, what can I do to help? What, what are we going to do today? He had me writing tracks. Remember those little tracks you give to people to, to witness to them? My sister brought one that I wrote to me for uh, Christmas the other, the other week, and she's like, brother, I found this, and it's the first one you wrote, and I, I, I put it in my office. home. I, I just am blown away, and it just reminded me of the impact that Kenny had on my life. What I love is that we have the opportunity to impact somebody's life. And it wasn't just me with Kenny. It was hundreds of other. It wasn't just me with my mom. It was hundreds of other people. I'll run into people now at Walmart or at the mall or wherever else, just out in town, just at a restaurant, and they'll come to me and say, you're, you're Brenda Thompson's son, aren't you? And I'll say, yes, I, I sure am. You know, you ever, you ever been in a situation where somebody comes up to you like that and you know it could be good or bad? <laughs> you're like, well, uh, um, I, 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 I might be, you know... I never have any reservation at all. When they, when they say that to me, I say, you, you're absolutely right. I sure am. They're like, you'll never know. Our, our, our little Nova was the unofficial church van. Anybody that needed a ride, Mom, I'll come and get you. All right, kids, we're leaving three hours early for church this morning because we got eight people to pick up. We'll be jammed in there. That's back before seatbelt laws. We'll be just sitting all over top of each other back there having a the time of our lives. We didn't have much money. Sometimes if we, oh, we want to go out to eat after church, we'll go, we'd go to McDonald's. We'd like split a hamburger like three ways sometimes, but it was great. Just give me the pickle, right? <laughs> you just close your eyes for a moment with me. I want to ask two things real quick and with a little moving around as possible. Number one is, if you're in this room this morning and God, through his Holy Spirit, is influencing you right now to, to come to know him in a very real, powerful, and personal way. Maybe you've known him before. Maybe you've been playing games. Maybe you, you've never had a relationship with Christ. Maybe you don't know him. Whatever the case may be, but I'm just asking all across this room and outside this room, if you're listening or watching right now, if, if the, the Holy Spirit is, is drawing you, is influencing you, is pulling you, to know him. I mean really know him. Not just know about him, but walk in relationship with him. Walk in surrender to him. Walk in love and power and freedom. Can I just see your hands all across this room right now if you just lift them up and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I need Jesus in my life. Thank you. Thank you. There's two over here to my right. There's two right here to my right. There's one in the middle. That's, that's five. That's six. Uh, anybody else that just raise your hand and say, I, I just got to know him. I can't leave this place today without coming to know him personally in my life. Thank you. I see your hand too, sir. Thank you. Thank you. For those of you that are, that are here and you would say, this is the second area that I just feel so, so impressed to pray about is, is you would say, you know what? I haven't done a good job of being sought. I, I've kind of been meek. I, I haven't lived that bold life. I, I want to stand up and be counted. I want to, I want to be that, that salt. I want to be that light. I want to influence the people that I do life with. I, I want to do that through Jesus Christ and and his help and the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to rub off on somebody's life to the point that, that they come to know Christ and, and they, they have this hunger and thirst and they identify the calling in their life and, and they chase after that. Just like, just like your mom and, and Kenny did with you. I, I want that for others. I, I want to live that kind of life for the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you just raise your hands across this room and say, Pastor, pray for me today. I, I, 
I need that. I, I want that. I understand clearly that's what God's calling me to. Yes, 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 yes. Just raise them up high. Yes, yes. Don't hesitate. Yes, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, I want to invite everybody who raised a hand for either one of these two things this morning. Just the last couple of minutes. Just come and stand with me at the front of this church. And you're making a bold statement right now. This is a, a beginning process for you to stand up and say, I am going to influence people for the kingdom of God. Would you come now? Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Just come. There's a lot of people here that want to meet with you and pray with you and stand with you and influence with you and grow with you. Would you come now? Come and stand closer to the middle right here in front of me on this, this blue rug area. Just come. If you want to surrender your life to Christ, just come and join all these that are that are coming from their seats now and, and across this room now. Would you just come? And I want our, our prayer warriors to come, and I want our pastoral team to come, and I want us just to begin to, to surround these folks, and I want us to get in, get in their faces a little bit and say, hey, introduce yourself, and I want to pray with you this morning. How can I pray? Come now, guys, who are going to pray. Come now. Don't delay. The time is now. God's changing lives right now. I need women and men to come and stand with these women and men at the front of this church and partner with them in prayer and the best decision they will ever make in their entire lives. Would you come now? Come now. Come now. Get in front of them right now. Don't just stand by. I want you to get in front of them. I want you to get, get to know them a little bit. I want you to introduce yourself and find out their name and, and ask them what it is you can pray with them for right now this morning. Would you do that? Would you do that? Would you do that? And if you, you want to be a part of this, come now. If you need prayer, come now. Don't hesitate. We're going to take just a couple of more minutes and do business with God around this altar right now. And everybody else in this room, would you just stand to your feet? I want everybody else standing to your feet if you possibly can. Just stand up. Because this is a power moment in this church. Because imagine this with me. What if we all stood up and said, I want to be counted for Christ. I don't want to be squeezed in the image of this world any longer. I don't want to go with this world. I don't want to be a part of its ways any longer. I want to be countercultural. I want to be counted for Christ. I want my life to count for something beyond my life here on this earth. I want what I'm going to heaven. It's like my mom is right now. I've been going for, for years and years and years, 30 something years. That her legacy is living on. Her testimony lives on. Her life lives on because she gave it away to Jesus. They are praying right now. I want to ask you if you would pray as well. Pray for all these people. I think I preached this microphone dead. Pray for all these people that are gathered here. Pray for yourself. Pray for our church. Pray for our community. We live in a time where. More than ever, we need salt. We need light to push back the darkness. Thank you, Lord. God, let your spirit fall. Let your power fall. Let your love fall. And wash over us wave after wave after wave today, Jesus. God, we surrender fully to you right now. I got a group of people in here that's hungry to know you that raised their hand and said, I need to know Jesus Christ. So we pray right now that as they surrender their hearts, their lives, their everything to you, and they open up their hearts and say, come in, Lord, and live in me. Be my God. Be my Savior. Be my Redeemer. And Lord, I will be your disciple. I will pick up my cross and I will follow after you. God, I pray and I thank you that you hear that prayer. I know that that prayer delights your heart.
because that's what this is all about coming to be in your family and for everybody in this room and outside of this room who says you know what I want my life to count. I want to stand up. I want to be an influence. I want to leave a, a legacy. I want to impart Jesus to those around me. I want to be that light. I want to be salt. I want to create a thirst that when people rub shoulders with me, they say something is drastically different about you. And I don't know what it is, but I just got to have it in my life. That's the kind of life I want to live, Lord. That's the kind of life that these your people are saying today. Count me in, God. Set me on fire. Light my life up, God. Let me be salty in a good way to those around me, God. I want to shine bright for you, Jesus Christ. God, I thank you for decisions being made all across this room. Thank you for lives being changed. And we're going to seal that up as we proclaim this song together of worship and praise. We're going to seal it up, God, and we're going to thank you for it. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.